Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Kitty Liquor Podcast. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R. Don't get it twisted. This is episode 25, and I am Cat Wonders. I am... I've got some Wednesday Adams vibes going on, but... I don't have the dark hair and I don't have the gothic makeup. In fact, I think Wednesday Adams didn't really have gothic makeup, but I've seen people do black lipstick, like, you know, to dress up as her, but I don't want to go that route. So maybe I'm more like Tuesday Adams. <laughs> Tuesday, maybe Friday. Friday Adams with this little peekaboo going on. It looks like I've got massive titties in this, you guys. If you're just listening to this podcast, you better make sure that you go and watch it on YouTube. <laughs> because you know it's such a cute dress it's from doll's kill and it originally had a a cross hanging here but it was silver and it was kind of clashing with the vibe that i had going with my gold accessories <laughs> so and i figured i don't want to offend anybody that's not true i do but just not on camera <laughs> uh anyway so here we are the second podcast of October and I have a brand new cocktail to make for you guys a concoctail and also excitingly I have a new stand for my cocktails <laughs> I almost forgot what it was for it is amazing and I'll show you why it also has this little remote control so I can actually control all of the colors but that's the plan so I'm super excited um today's cocktail is called a poison apple and I'm excited for it let's just get straight into the ingredients shall we uh so this is definitely a Halloween themed cocktail the poison apple the poison apple I think is from Snow White I believe. Anyway, so it calls for one third apple cider. This time I made my apple cider ahead of time and with a lot less water. And so we're gonna hope that works. I tasted it, it's pretty good. And some cranberry juice. So one third apple cider, one third cranberry juice, two ounces of fireball. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Goldschlager is a much better option if you have the choice. See, it's got little flecks of gold dancing around. I think that's super cool. And the flavor to me is just a lot more cinnamon, less burning. I don't mind the burning of Fireball, but if I could drink this over Fireball, I would any day. And it calls for one ounce of grenadine. I'm gonna add some shimmer dust to this because I think it's gonna be kind of like a rust orange color. And then I've also got my little apple to inject the poison into, <laughs> to kind of use as a garnish. And this glass I picked up recently from Anthropology, and I think it's gonna work really well with the little light stand that I have here. So let me show you first before I start mixing this cocktail how my light stand works. I can turn it on. Ooh, hoo, hoo. okay, so I can make it red, blue, green, and then all of the colors in between. <laughs> so this is kind of more of like a pumpkin orange. This is one of my favorite colors. Ooh, look how pretty that looks. Such a sucker for this kind of stuff. And then just plain white. And white is good when you want to actually see the color of the cocktail. And I think that's what we're gonna use. So I'm gonna keep it on white for now. And let's just start putting this puppy together. I'm gonna to take some ice out. Oh. Frick. If I could get it in, it's like I've been drinking already. That's good. The rest I'm gonna save for making my drink cold. <laughs> I mean, while I shake it. So first we're gonna add the apple cider. Let's see if my magic, what is the word for that? Like quantity skills? <laughs> no, I happen to always mix the right amount every time. So let's just see. 
So we got some apple cider, cranberry juice. Now we add two ounces of this Goldschlager. I'm just gonna wing it. One, two. <laughs> and then a little bit of grenadine. And then of course we can't forget our shimmer dust after. Boop. I don't wanna make it too sweet, but I've kind of decided that this is gonna be my carb update. For most of you don't know, I'm on keto a lot of the time. Not all the time, but. And I allow myself to eat carbs one day a week. All right, so shimmer dust. I'm gonna use two scoops this time just because I want it to be like radical, you know? Oh, <laughs> I'm working in tight quarters here, all right? Okay, I'm just gonna push down that shimmer dust so that it doesn't just stick somewhere in the top or something. Okay, I'm excited. I think there's gonna be more than what I'm gonna need, but. All right, let's see. Ooh, I was wrong. It's not like a rust orange. And I'm right. I get to fill my glass twice. Woo! <laughs> it actually is nice to have a little leftover. Okay, that smells amazing. Now I'm not sure if the light is doing anything for this cocktail. It makes sense that this is more of a pink reddish color because it is called poison apple. And apples aren't typically rust orange. <laughs> so now I'm gonna cut a little slice of this apple to garnish. Yes, cut a little slit next to the one I just cut to stick it on my glass. All right. <laughs> so pretty. Okay, so let's, <laughs> let's test it. But first, what color should we choose? Okay, so right now we've got the white. What about red? I like that. It's very um, poison apple. And before I taste it, I'm gonna light my candle and singe my arm hair three times throughout this podcast. All right. My orange straw. Let me taste the poison apple. Let me just show you two with its light off. Can you see how shimmery and beautiful this is? All right, let's give it a shot. Delicious. Ooh, what does that remind me of? It is so freaking good. It's like very cinnamony. I can taste the apple cider. It's almost like it would taste great hot or cold. You know what I mean? It's excellent. I'm so happy that I have more to pour later. <laughs> so this is episode 25. I'm a quarter of the way to a hundred. <laughs> I was like, oh, math. <laughs> Um, I have been having so much fun and um, let's just keep rolling with it. And thank you guys all for your funny suggestions, jokes and things like that in email. Yeah, let's just keep on, keep on rolling, keep on having fun. All right, so my week, I was like, oh, I usually like write down a little kind of script to follow for my podcast. And uh, when it came to writing things about my week, I have nothing. <laughs> besides work, 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 work. It's been actually very beautiful here. And so I've, I have been spending some time outside, but just on my own property, ripping around on my side by side and uh, getting ready for winter. Uh, that's one thing that us Canadians have to do is to winterize everything, meaning any liquid left in the camper, bad news. Any liquid left in the pressure washer, <laughs> bad news. <laughs> so like it's definitely necessary to have a checklist and get everything done. So that's on top of what I'm doing for work, which is 
25 days of naughty costumes. So this is a Patreon special. I do this once a year, every Halloween and uh, the Halloween costumes. I have more high tiers throughout the year, but this is one of the funnest ones. I've almost said one of the best ones, but I can't, it's not really for me to decide, but we have so much fun over there. The link to it will be down below. So essentially I have a Patreon page, which is basically a members only page. So you can see exclusive content on Patreon. Like I realize I talk a lot about Patreon and OnlyFans and things like this, but a lot of people don't even know what that is or what that means. So it's, it's basically a membership page. And um, when you pledge, you get access to extra photos, videos, and about four times a year, I put a high tier out. So it's one of my Cat Wonder specials. And uh, this month, of course, being Halloween and Halloween themed, it's 25 days of naughty costumes. This is the first year that I've done 25 days for Halloween. I've always only done 20 days because of the amount of work it is <laughs> to dress up, hair, makeup, there's wigs, there's, I mean, accessories like crazy. So it is a ton of work, but this year I was like, why not? I'm not charging anymore. It's the same price. And, uh, you know, I mean, inflation. We don't need to be paying more these days. <laughs> um, and uh, we just have so much fun. And I, I know I keep saying that, but it's so true. Like my Patreon family is like my little wonder cats, I call them, or my wonder cats. We, the discussions and the things that happen over there are, are just so much fun for me. So 25 videos, that means 25 different costumes. Every day you wake up to a brand new costume try-on and kind of strip tease. It's a blast. And I don't know how much more I can say besides it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's so worth it. And I seriously look forward to it. As soon as the fall starts rolling around, I start thinking about my high tier. And in fact, I ordered these costumes like six months ago already. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, and then I have to decide which ones are for YouTube, which ones are going to be keeping for high tiers, my high tier. And uh, yeah. Oh, do you want to see what it looks like in green? <laughs> I mean, apples are green too. I guess the green doesn't go so well with, with the color of their beverage. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, yellow's kind of cool too, like a golden yellow. I like that. Which one, that one or this one? That one. <laughs> That's my witch sound. Also on for my high tier this month, I'm gonna be throwing in some bonus videos. And uh, yeah, so just stay tuned for all that fun stuff. If you go to my Patreon page, you'll see where you can pledge and you'll find all the information you need there. And you can also message me directly on Patreon, so. Just FYI, linked down below. Okay, and also in lieu of what I just said, um, here is the high tier teaser, just to give you a little, a little tiny taste of uh, some of the things that go on over there. Tops of my nipples are just kind of out there. So, what do you think? You don't want to miss out. That's all I have to say. Uh, the link is down below. All right. So I want to know what makes a person beautiful to you? Now, standards of beauty these days are freaking insane. <laughs> and uh, especially nowadays where you're seeing Instagram models and just Beautiful girls everywhere and guys too, right? And uh, it makes it really difficult to <laughs> uh, sometimes accept who you are, who you really are, right? And uh, deep down, 
you know, I have my own insecurities and I've learned to really embrace my flaws and my skin is imperfect. I had acne since the time I was 11 and I still get breakouts. And so my skin is imperfect. I have melasma, which is like <laughs> skin discoloration. And, and of course, there's little parts of my body that I could do without because <laughs> I'm a human being. And of course, I play the game too. I do, you know, edit my photos and not drastically like if you had them side by side it's not like you would notice a massive difference but um I never really contour my body or anything like that that's not something that I do but uh when it comes to just you know a little pockmark here you know I just kind of smooth it over and so I'm not talking about like physical beauty of course you know there's this beauty standard that's basically unreachable for every single human being on earth besides maybe two or three but I've been in relationships with people that aren't really attractive at all and it's not their looks that attracted me to them. And I think a lot of you can relate to this. <laughs> that sounded bad, but um, what I mean is, okay, here's an example. When I was 15, I had a boyfriend named Tanner. And I'm not going to say his last name because it's very unique and you'd be able to find him right away. <laughs> But the reason why we got together to begin with was I was pressured by my friends and he was pressured by his friends. Well, he, he wasn't really pressured because, you know, I think it was more so the, the fact that I didn't really want to date him. And it wasn't that I didn't want to date him. I just he wasn't what I was attracted to. I liked another boy, you know, and so our friends like set up a date. And so we went out to eat or something. And I was sort of nervous and I didn't know, like, I thought we could be good friends. And but at the same time. Didn't really think anything would come of it. Well, Tanner made me laugh so hard on our date that I literally could not wait to see him again. I thought he was so hilarious, so fun. And I have to tell you a story because it just hit me in the head, <laughs> this memory. We did lots of things together. We really didn't ever hang out and like watch movies or anything. We would always be out doing something. And he actually like taught me how to drive standard and taught me how to drive stick. No, <laughs> just joking. And so we were playing tennis one time and I'd never really played tennis officially uh, besides maybe with like my gym class, but we didn't even have tennis courts. So I think I just had really never tried it so we're playing in the tennis courts kind of in like a beautiful area in Lethbridge and the <laughs> it was enclosed by chain link right as typically I think most tennis courts are and uh, but there's the slats kind of that go through the chain link so you can't necessarily see it's for wind it's like a wind barrier right and so we're playing and of course I'm doing very shittily <laughs> Is that a word? Uh, I'm playing like hell. I'm a badminton player. And even then I was playing badminton. And I just, tennis is so different that it made me feel like total crap because I thought, well, I think I'll be good at tennis. But because I play badminton, wrong, 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 wrong. So we're playing, not even playing, hitting the ball back and forth. And um, I hit the ball and it flies way the hell out of the tennis court. And we're kind of like, oh, shoot, you know, I think we had like one tennis ball, which is always a bad idea. So this ball goes flying and we hear, ooh. And then we were like, oh my God, we, I hit somebody. <laughs> what are the odds of this ball flying and hitting somebody? And then as he, we heard, oh, and then he, and then we're like, oh, sorry. And then the guy goes, 
it's all right, I'm okay. <laughs> he just kept walking. And uh, then we saw him kind of like come around. He was walking his like little white fluffy dog. I hit him with the tennis ball. Like he's just minding his own business and out of nowhere, this ball flies and hits him. What are the odds of that actually happening, right? And we didn't see it actually happen. We just heard it. And uh, oh, I just, I'll never forget that. That was just such a funny moment. And that was one of like four times in my life that I've actually peed myself laughing. <laughs> but luckily... Luckily, Tanner uh, was really like he thought it was hilarious. And we I just went and like, I can't even remember what happened exactly how to, how I got clean pants. I think I wore like his gym shorts home or something. Anyway, uh, it was hilarious. Anyway, so back on track here. I found him extremely attractive after a little while because he was just this funny guy. I really like when people can make me laugh, guys or girls. This is an extremely attractive quality to me. Comedians and not even necessarily comedians because like every comedian has their own style on their own you know so it's got to be what I find funny and people that go out of their way to make me laugh I love it that it just does it for me if I'm in a relationship where I'm not laughing most of the time then I don't want to be in it just always be able to joke and not worry about saying something off the cuff you know or maybe off color you know that's gonna offend somebody that's just my personality I have a very unfortunate sense of humor so the person I'm dating has to as well <laughs> or be able to take some of my jokes because I'll tell you what I don't know if you noticed but sometimes when I drop jokes there's nothing but crickets which is fine. Can't be funny all the time. And what's funny to me is maybe not funny to you. But also certain talents can be extremely attractive, like a musician, somebody who has this ability to just rip tunes on the piano or perform in front of lots of people. Sometimes that is like, that's it. You know, you're just so attracted to that. And another thing is, I was thinking about this too, generosity. So people that are just so kind hearted, doing things for other people, you know, acts of service, kind of like me, that's also very attractive too. And I find this attractive as well. I kind of like, you know, I've got a little checklist. <laughs> so it's just a curious thought, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that person that you are with is extremely attractive. That's why you're with them. It's not necessarily how it works, right? And it's something to think about in the sense that like what makes a person beautiful to you? Because I'll tell you what, there are some really pretty people out there that are super ugly on the inside. I've met some people that blow my mind how they look and act a certain way, but deep down, they're just trash. <laughs> they're terrible. So I just thought it was an interesting, interesting thing to bring up. And um, yeah, maybe Susie down the street, it's worth giving her a shot because she could be super talented or super kind or, you know. Another thing that I wanted to bring up was a question that I read. Is living in the present more or less challenging than living in the past? So I think that living in the past was less challenging and more challenging in different ways. So even though we have all this technology and things that help us through our daily life nowadays, as compared to back in the day, I think that it's almost it's more challenging to navigate today because there's such a lack of direction for so many of us. Whereas back in the day, like 100 years ago, you had a family, you probably went to church, some type of church, you sort of knew that you would take over the family business one day. And you know, if you're a woman, you would become a mother and find a, uh, a suitable provider as a husband. So there was a clearer path 
in life back in the day. Even though there was more challenges in the sense that farming, you know, you had to till the field yourself. And if your crops didn't make it that season, well, you didn't eat, you know, so those kind of challenges were real. And I think people were a hell of a lot tougher back then. I know that they were. But nowadays, there's such a, a plethora of options. And I mean, not just for what to do career wise. It's just insane. The lack of guidance and direction that we have nowadays. So for example, like going to high school, well, I was going to go into dental hygiene. That was actually going to be my path in life <laughs> was to become a dental hygienist. And I was actually going to go to the University of Calgary for that. Things happened, things changed. I never wound up doing that. And of course, then you have, you choose not to do that. You could do this. And then somebody's inspired you to do that. So you're sort of all over the place, right? And of course, your parents sort of let you spread your wings and say, you could be anything you want. You could do whatever you want, like go for it. It's great that you have freedoms to go and learn and do things, but I think so many people lack guidance and direction and just sort of fall into whatever they fall into and wind up sometimes in positions that they don't want to be in, which is also true for people like pushing you in a certain direction, like back in the day when you were just a housewife because that's what women did and you maybe had a dream to become a painter or something. But I think the challenges today are greater and I think that part of the, like the culprit is lack of community. So I was having this conversation the other day with somebody about, I used to go to church when I was little, or at least I'd go to midnight mass with my grandparents. And then for a short period of time, I did go to church. And when you're a kid, you hate it. <laughs> it's the worst. You don't want to go. You don't know why the hell you're there, why you have to do these things, blah, blah, blah. And, but it's not until later that you can appreciate, hey, actually going to church every Sunday, making yourself look presentable, getting up early, socializing with people in your community, playing with your friends. Like there were so many positives to that. And I'm not saying that like religion is the key, but I think we just really lack a sense of community. And I'm not talking about everywhere. I know there are states in the US where their communities are very tight. And especially here in Canada, when we have like, I live on a huge piece of property, I don't have neighbors, I can't go ask for sugar, you know, <laughs> um, unless I put my hiking boots on. And you know, you're not just like, hey, neighbor, hey, like, hey, come over later, we'll play some che checkers, <laughs> you know, Back in the day, you know, you'd sit on your front porch and get things done. But I just noticed that there's just such a lack of community. There's nowhere to go and hang out. It's kind of like people's new religion and their new guidance is their phones, the internet, or like TV, right? Um, and back in the day, people had to kind of create their own fun and get together and and that's maybe why we have so much, so many mental health issues as compared to back in the day. But at the same time, there could have been just the same amount because people back in the old days didn't talk about their feelings or talk about their depression, things like that. So I don't know, sort of a weird question. It's not a weird question. It's like a good question because the challenges are different. And sometimes if you feel kind of lost in your life without any type of purpose or like real direction, that is a huge challenge. And so my point is back in the day, <laughs> what's my point? Uh, I think there was less of that in the old days and a lot more of that now. So let me know your thoughts on that. Uh, if you have something to add to that, please do, because I don't know if I left you just hanging there or if you even followed or just skipped right through that. <laughs> but just saying, thought it was a good question. Now I'm going to read to you. Does that hurt when I clap my hands? Um, some true crime stories. And these 
are gonna happen for the month of October, but I may continue. Somebody suggested actually to do it once a month, like for one episode per month, read true crime stories. And it'd be fun to kind of cycle through different segments to sort of whip out once in a while. All right, so true crime stories. These are from Google and they're just sort of interesting and pretty much like unsolved stories. There's one here, sorry. So this is called The Granny Killer. An English born Australian serial killer, John Wayne, Glover <laughs> was known for preying on elderly women, including the widow of artist Will Ashton. Over the span of 14 months, between 1989 and 1990, Glover murdered six elderly women after brutally attacking them. At times, he used simply his fists to attack his victims. With others, he used objects like hammers, his victims' pantyhose, and other instruments. Many of his victims were simply women he saw walking past on the street with whom he struck up casual conversation. At his trial, a psychologist noted that while Glover was sane, he had a severe personality disorder, which may or may not have been connected to his turbulent relationships with his mother and mother-in-law. After being found guilty and sentenced to prison, Glover killed himself in 2005. Days before he died, he handed his last visitor a picture he had drawn featuring two trees and the number nine. Supposedly, nine is the true number of murders Glover was responsible for, not merely the six for which he was convicted. Oh, interesting. What, what about the two trees? Would that indicate like maybe where one of them is buried or the other three or? Yikes. So this is titled The Unusual Deaths of the Jameson Family. The bodies of this family of three were discovered four years after they were reported missing on October 8th, 2009. Bobby Jameson, Sherilyn Jameson, and their daughter Madison Jameson disappeared from their truck while on a trip to buy land outside their hometown of Eufola, Oklahoma. In the days following their deaths, the family's truck was discovered by authorities, abandoned with their IDs, phones, GPS system, and approximately $32,000 in cash. Their dog was also found in the vehicle, malnourished after days of being left in the truck without food or water. In November 2013, the remains of two adults and one child eventually confirmed as the Jameson family were found by hunters around three miles from where their pickup was left. Many theories have been floated around by circumstances behind the family's mysterious disappearance. Some believed they faked their deaths, committed group suicide, or were killed by a violent cult. Due to the couple's odd behavior around the time they vanished, others believed that a drug deal had gone wrong. According to some, Bobby's father was involved, as he and his son were in a bitter lawsuit at the time. The creepiest theory included a pastor, a confession, and a book. The Jamesons at one point told their pastor there were spirits in their home and that they had consulted the sat satanic bible to rid the house of them. When authorities searched their property following the initial disappearance, there was a shipping container with messages such as three cats killed to date by people in this area, witches don't like their black cat killed, written on it. Weird, that, that's where it ends. The 2009 Taconic Parkway crash. On July 26, 2009 at 9.30 a.m., Diane Schuler left the Hunter Lake Campground in Parksville, New York with her young son and daughter and her brother's three daughters. Not long after the, their departure, Diane stopped at McDonald's, then at a gas station. She called her brother around 11.30 a.m. about traffic. And it was at this point that things took a terrifying turn. Approximately 10 to 15 minutes after hanging up, Diane pulled over. 
A witness later reported seeing Diane doubled over as if vomiting. By 1 p.m., Schuler's brother got another call, this time from his daughter, claiming Diane was struggling to see and speak. Her brother reportedly begged Diane to stay off the road and wait for help, but Diane kept driving. Around 1.30 p.m., Schuler's car, driving the wrong way down the Taconic State Parkway, collided with an SUV. All three passengers in the other car were killed in the collision, while Schuler, her daughter, and two of her nieces also died. Schuler's son and her niece were rushed to hospital when the niece died later that day. Police were mystified as to why Schuler drove at 60 miles per hour for two miles in the opposite direction on the Taconic State Parkway. Also mystifying was the toxicology report, which found that Schuler had a blood alcohol level of 0.19, twice the legal limit, and traces of THC in her system. Numerous witnesses who had interacted with Diane earlier that morning, from the owner of the campground to a gas station employee, maintained that Diane appeared sober. Even though the lone survivor of the crash, Schuler's son, could only describe what happened as mummy's head hurt, mummy couldn't see. So it almost sounds like a stroke or something. And I've seen people, I've, I shouldn't say I've seen people, I've seen a some like disturbing video of a guy who I guess was having like an epileptic seizure or some sort of epileptic, epileptic, what's the word? I guess it would be a seizure. Driving down the interstate and like hitting power poles and not power poles, um, big lights on the highway and just the look on his face when he was driving like ah and then this guy on a motorcycle was trying to like help him out or get him to snap out of it and yeah it was just crazy but who knows what happens right all right i'll read one more this is called the case of the lead masks on august 20th 1966 i was going to say this is 2009 again <laughs> 1966 a boy flying a kite found the bodies of two brazilian men in rio de de Janeiro. Rio de Janeiro? De Janeiro? Both men were dressed in suits, wearing waterproof coats, and lead masks, similar to those you typically wear to protect against radiation. Discovered alongside their grass-covered bodies on Ven Vintum Hill were two towels, an empty water bottle, and a notebook. Three days earlier, the two men had departed Campos dos Goitaceres. <laughs> I need my sister to read this. Uh, with a large amount of cash on hand, claiming their trip was to buy supplies and a car. As more information about the men surfaced, it was revealed they were electronic technicians and scientific spiritualists with interest in both ghosts and extraterrestrials. In the hours leading up to their deaths, Miguel Jose Viana and Manuel de Cruz stopped at a bar for water. A waitress, the last person to see them alive, would later tell authorities that both seemed in quite the hurry, especially Viana who kept checking his watch. It seemed Seems there was a reason for this. When authorities inspected the pair's notebook, they discovered the following note. 1630, be at agreed place. 1830, swallow capsules. After effect, protect metals, wait for mask signal. To this day, the cause of death remains unknown. So they couldn't figure out how they were killed? I guess it was 1966. All right, that concludes this little Halloween segment that I like to call true crime stories. How original. How lovely is this drink? So lovely. Okay, so because um, I told true crime stories, I've actually scheduled Kitty Twisters to come up next just to um, lighten the mood a little. So now it's time for a segment that I like to call Kitty Twisters. Okay, y'all. These jokes are a little corny, cheesy, you name it. They're not all Halloween related because I was going through Halloween jokes and they were just kind of pissing me off. They were not funny at all. So there's a few though that I found. This is a good example of like what's coming up. <laughs> Archaeologists have uncovered a mummy in Egypt covered in nuts and chocolate. They believe it's Pharaoh Rocher. 
By the way, I'm really sad that I stopped eating wheat a long time ago because I can no longer eat Ferrero Rocher's because of the little freaking crispy wafer in there. But they used to be my absolute favorite. <sighs> Witches and wizards don't fart. They cast smells. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What's the difference between a woman and a witch? The spelling. So I actually got this a different way, like the first time. What's the difference between a woman and a witch? The spelling, like basically there's no difference. It's just the way that it's spelled. But then I'm like, oh, the spelling, because witches cast spells. <laughs> so it's a double-ended joke, that one. <laughs> the person that stole my place in the queue. I'm after you now. A dung beetle walks into a bar and asks, is this stool taken? <laughs> what starts with an O and ends with nins? and sometimes makes you cry. Opinions. <laughs> I think that's funny, actually. What's the difference between Iron Man and Aluminum Man? Iron Man stops the bad guys. Aluminum Man just foils their plans. Da -da -da. <laughs> I think that what I meant to do was like, but then it came out a different way. <laughs> you know, I think I told you this too, but when I was giving a compliment to the food I was eating, like to the chef, and I was like, oh, I meant to say like chef's kiss, like it's so good, but I said Swiss steak, <laughs> like an idiot. I don't even know where that came from. I was like, Swiss steak. Oh God. I said to the woman at the deli, I'd like to buy a ham and cheese baguette with pickles. She said, sorry, we only take cash or card. <laughs> Showing up with a jar of pickles, like give me one of those baguettes. <laughs> There's payment. All right, that concludes Kitty Twisters. Maybe I can stroke. I like it. Maybe fade so it's a little slower. <gasps> Purple. Purple's good too. That's not a very smooth transition. <laughs> you see that? It's like. <laughs> smooth. Something happening? Okay. That's a bit, that's a bit better. Maybe when it transitions from one color to a few other ones and it gets a little more stiff. Oh, you know what? I have to say that this dress, I love it. I love that there's like actual little, there's little tool what's used to fluff up skirts and stuff in the shoulders. I really like these little peaks here. And um, the look, I'm living for this look. I think that it's definitely Halloween party worthy, just FYI. So I was gonna do like a ruby red lip with this look and then I got a little crazy with my eye makeup. So it typically, if I'm doing a red lip, I'll do a very simple eye look. You don't wanna ever do crazy eye and crazy lip. It's just way too much. And then it just takes away from both. So like if I had a red lip on with, and it's maybe this makeup doesn't look crazy to you because it's like very washed out with all the lights I have around me. <laughs> but I've got some glitter and orange happening and a bit of yellow. Just very kind of, I felt a little pumpkinish, you know? Just wanted to be like my little friend here. What should we name him? Something creative. Pippi the pump. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Pippi the pump. The pumpkin. All right. Are you a good friend? And what constitutes a good friend? What is a good friend to you? I think we've all had friendships where we feel like we're either let down or we've let somebody else down. So I have this problem. <laughs> I have many, but this is one of them where I, okay, I shouldn't say, I guess it is a me problem because maybe I'm just a little bit unforgiving. I can't stand it when somebody asks me why I didn't call them back, why I haven't talked to them in so long, are you mad at me, and so on, all within kind of the same category. I've had lifelong friendships that 
we pick up wherever we left off. And we may not talk for two years and it's not for any reason besides the fact that they moved away and they have their family and I have mine. The neediness of certain that certain people have in friendships is sort of toxic sometimes. And especially for me, who I'm, I'm definitely more introverted and I recharge by having alone time. And when you have a friend that you're worried that if you don't write them back right away, they'll be mad at you. Freaking run. <laughs> Same with relationships. Because I had a friend, this is probably 15 years ago, and we met and we pretty much hit it off right away. She was really funny and super fun. Definitely kind of like a buddy that I could go bowling with, do sports with, try new things with. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> but we just had so much fun. And then it started to kind of get a little crazy because she was having like a falling out with her boyfriend. And so she would text me. Sorry, I'm like, my hands look like they're huge because they're so close to the camera. She started to text me all the problems she was having with her boyfriend. And I'm fine with that. Like, I'm here for you, girl. Like, you know, this happens to the best of us and blah, blah, blah. And, but then it started cut, like the text started rolling in sometimes at like midnight, one in the morning. And she one time called me bawling, like bawling her eyes out. And I was like, oh no, like obviously it's broken off or whatever. But she was calling me crying her eyes out because she had just watched a movie that made her cry and she had to talk about it. And it was like, 1230, you know, and the conversation started off with her bawling her eyes out. You can't call people like that, first of all. Second of all, at that moment, it solidified my worst fear, excuse me, I just spit, <laughs> worst fear about like where the relationship was kind of going. And the problem was, is that I really had like, I cared about her. I almost had had feelings for her, but she was a really good person. And like, but I could just start to see the issues starting to pop up. I eventually had to tell her like, I want to be your friend and hang out. But I realized at the moment that I was having this conversation with her, that her friendship would never be the same and that she could never really be herself anymore because I laid it down that like, I care about you and I want to have fun with you and stuff, but you can't be like texting me at one in the morning because you're crying because you watched a sad movie. Like that's weird, right? And you know, if it was a sister or like cousin or like whatever, I could kind of see how you would let that slide and like comfort your friend or your comfort your family. But so some people, like I said, some people like wouldn't find that weird. I do. And uh, it just becomes like a problem for me. So my point is, was I a good friend to her in that moment or a bad friend? I felt like a bad friend because I was like, look, <laughs> you know, they can't do this anymore. Like this is a little crazy. In the set, like, and, and pretty much our friendship sort of piddled into nothing after that. Like she couldn't get over that. Like that was just like me slapping her in the face. It's like the same thing as me slapping her in the face. <laughs> is how she took it but I kind of saw it coming and you know to be honest like after the relationship ended I was pretty relieved I was like oh phew, I don't have to worry about like not texting back in the right amount of time and because you can't live your life that way you can't and it's not right but like I said everybody is their own everybody's their own person and you know you can make your own decision wow guys this light stand is just giving so much life light to my life light in my life you're the light of my life oh you know what i can't wait to pour champagne in like a flute but one a stemless one to be honest i really don't like drinking out of like stemless wine glasses or champagne glasses that's just me but i will for the sake of having the little bubbles fizz the whole time with like cool lights going through it i love it you know what i thought you know what I thought this would be a great idea so say you're at a bar and you're served a drink there are like little places where you set your drink right like a specific place you set your drink 
And it'd be really neat if, for example, it was like motion sensor. So you'd receive your drink, oh, thank you. And the bartender puts it right on the light stand and suddenly your cocktail is like lighting up your life. I wonder what's gonna happen. This is what it looks like. There's no cover on it. And I almost feel like I need to put something on it like a, a plastic cover to keep it protected because I don't think that should get wet. <laughs> I go to take a sip of my drink. I'm just like electrocuted. <laughs> oh, RIP Cat Wanderers 2021. Another question I have for you is, do you enjoy shopping for gifts? Let's use Christmas as an example. So I am always very ahead of the game. Like, so I'll start ordering Christmas gifts like already in September. I really think that it depends on who you're buying gifts for. And I also think it depends on how much time you have to look for gifts for this person. So, so many of you I know leave it for the last minute. You think you're gonna just grab something in town and the stress of actually not being fulfilled and what you're finding for this person. Does that even make sense? But you wanna find somebody something that they're gonna use or like or whatever. The stress that comes from being in a rush and not feeling like you found something you wanted and that takes the fun out of shopping for gifts. But if you do it early enough and you have enough time to think about, so for me, I order everything online. There are some things that I will like buy in store because I happen to be shopping and like I very rarely go like specific Christmas shopping for other people. It's like I'm shopping for myself and I find something that I, I know I'd like and then give, you know, for my sister or my cousins or whatever. So it's really about a buffer. Like you got to give yourself enough time to really relax during the gift buying or making process. Making is always really good. So I have honeybees and a really nice gift to give is just a nice jar of honey, right? Unpasteurized, organic, honey in a little fancy bottle or whatever I decided to put it into. Um, this is always appreciated. It's usable and it's just a nice gift. So I think if you really want to not be so stressed out about buying gifts, whether it be, Christ whether it be Christmas, birthday, anniversary, I don't know, wedding, do it far enough in advance where you're just going to be chill about it and not like rushed. And <laughs> sometimes that can be pretty stressful, especially Christmas. Christmas is like a doozy. Not only is it expensive, but it's like you get so many freaking people to that want gifts or you make the mistake of making somebody or giving somebody a gift the year before. Why did I give Jimothy a gift? Now he's going to want one this year again. <laughs> I opened up a can of worms. I wasn't ready for it. You know what I mean? Or somebody gives you a gift so you feel obligated to buy them something. So Christmas can become like out of freaking control. But Christmas is around the corner. So just keep in mind. It today is for you October 8th, I think. Let me just double check here. Yes, October 8th. So November, December, like Christmas is two months away. I'm going to help you out. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, write a list of people you have to buy gifts for. Start by writing a list of them. Then go to Amazon. Chapters Indigo is a big one for me. Really great gifts. And they offer like pretty sweet wrapping. I don't know if they're going to offer at this point because it might be a bit early. And start now. Um, but because of what's going on in the world, apparently shipping companies like UPS and Pure Later and even Canada Post and probably UPS, or sorry, USPS, give themselves like a three-week buffer because they're like, ah, uh, things are a little off right now. So expect delays. 
<laughs> and what that means is if you don't pay for shipping, another piece of advice, pay for shipping. If you pay for your shipping, it will come faster, even though it's an extra 10 bucks. Do it because you're not waiting an extra three weeks. They prioritize the people that pay for shipping. Don't take the free shipping. And sometimes you don't have an option. Sometimes it's just like, oh, free shipping, you can't. So obviously that's, you have no choice. But would you guys be interested in like a gift guide, like a gift guide for her and a gift guide for him? Sort of things that I would like to get for Christmas and things that I think guys would like for Christmas or what I would like my guy to wear or have. Let me think about that because 2021, because I've got some, some doozies that I've never really talked about and would be really good gifts for girls, all types of girls, not just like girly girls. You know what I mean? All right. So I'm going to end this podcast with a little segment that I like to call creepy cat facts. <laughs> So these are facts that I found online. Are they real, true, accurate? I don't know. You have to do your own research. There's a few that I've read out loud to you guys before in like some previous podcasts that I realized later is just like didn't make any sense at all. Like none. So just letting you know. All right. So this kind of clears something up for me, but, and this is a bit of a, an ominous fact, about one in 50 people in the United States currently have a brain aneurysm that just hasn't ruptured. That's about 6.5 million people. So I didn't know, like, what's the difference between an aneurysm, a stroke? I didn't realize that an aneurysm can have already occurred, but just hasn't ruptured. So that's strange to me. Super like freaky to think about one in 50 people. How accurate is this? I don't know. How do they know? I don't know. On to the next fact. Okay, this is interesting and I did know this. Uh, and in fact, I know somebody whose father is still on Everest. There are over 200 dead bodies on the top of Mount Everest because retrieving them is such a risk, they serve as markers for other hikers. So it's true if you get to like the point where there's like this body, that body, it, it marks kind of where you're at on Everest. Clearly, I just read that, but... The most common cause of death on Everest is an avalanche. See, I don't know if I believe that because I would imagine that the most common cause of death would be like freezing to death <laughs> or like lack of oxygen, passing out, then freezing to death. But is avalanche, is an avalanche. I guess maybe they're happening every day. I don't know. Okay, this is also weird. I'm going to show you this little graphic that they're jiffy or giffy. Horned toads can squirt blood out of their eyes. Okay. It's a very helpful way to get debris out. Ha ha ha. So this is obviously some sort of defense mechanism. But don't you think that squirting blood into a predator's face will make them want to eat you even more? <laughs> it's like the gravy from the steak, you know? Well, who puts gravy on steak? That's weird. But you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, strange. And some moths drink human blood. Vampire moths feed on the blood of mammals, including humans. They can suck blood for up to 50 minutes. Well, what the frick? They obviously don't like drink it from people. Like, so if you're laying there and you have this leaf looking moth on you and it's not sucking your blood, it's it's drinking blood that's on the ground. It says they can suck blood for up to 50 minutes. They must burrow in and like drink it like a mosquito. So this is true for cats and for me. When you die, your house cat is going to want to eat you. When you die, I'm going to want to eat you too, depending on what I have in the fridge. Okay, this next fact makes me want to gag. I'm going to read it because it's kind of interesting. You swallow one to two cups of mucus every day. That's over 22 gallons a year. Ew. Speaking of skin, I think this is because there's like a previous one that I didn't read. You'll shed about 40 pounds of it in your lifetime. You'll shed about 40 pounds of skin. So imagine if somebody spent most of their life 
in a small apartment and didn't vacuum or dust. Hmm, strange thought. Last creepy fact, the dead outnumber the living 15 to 1. In 1968, the dead outnumbered the living roughly 29 to 1. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> All right, that concludes creepy cat facts. I don't want to take this dress off. I might leave it on to do my grocery shopping. Do you think that's weird? I'm gonna go buy like four pumpkins, just my shopping cart, like in my super high black stilettos, buying pumpkins. <laughs> Another fun thing would be to carve a pumpkin with you guys here as I talk and carve. Would you like that? <laughs> Some sort of Halloween activity? Let me write it down. And then maybe I could drop this puppy in the pumpkin and then light it up all different ways. <laughs> All right, everyone, that concludes Kitty Liquor episode 25. That's L-I-Q-U-O-R, don't get it twisted. My 25 days of naughty costumes is happening right now on Patreon. Another thing I forgot to mention is there are limited spaces available. And also this tier ends on October 31st, which means every video leading up to the 31st will disappear at midnight. Cinderella's pumpkin. <laughs> and then you'll never be able to see them again. So just so you know, it's a very special limited time thing and uh, don't miss out. So if you're watching this podcast, please give me a thumbs up and subscribe so you don't miss any of my future content. If you are listening to this podcast, did I say that the first time? If you're watching it, follow, like. <laughs> if you're listening, then uh, thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. There is a video version on YouTube where you can go and check out all of the aesthetic glory that you're missing out on. <laughs> all right, that is it. I hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to email me at kittylickerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, jokes, creepy facts, just anything in general, questions, <laughs> then uh, don't hesitate. And thank you all so much for tuning in and I'll see you in my next video.